This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 175 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. In today's case, actually, this is a former guest who is reappearing today with some new updates. Unfortunately, the person who she was going to be doing this with wasn't able to make it, but we will schedule and have him back again. So who is my guest of today? Well, we have Rita Carey joining us. Rita Carey is a co-host of the Pete and Reet show, singer and former co-host of several radio programs. Despite facing some intense health issues and personal tragedies, Rita looks forward to seeing all the joys and challenges life has to offer. The other person who we were supposed to do this show with, which is necessary to say, is the author of the book that we're primarily going to be talking about, whose name is Chad David Tomlinson. He has three master's degrees because he makes bad life choices, according to him, minus marrying his wife. He writes a weekly blog, W www.chaddavid.ca he's that cool that helps him grow as a psychotherapist and be a better person the book that we're talking about today is called the happy squire christmas stories to encourage and inspire written by chad david ford is by rita carey this book is a collection of the greatest christmas stories ever published at least by this author with something for everyone and a lesson in every story this book is a perfect for personal enjoyment or reading aloud to groups of people trying to create a christmasy atmosphere ranging from stories about why santa gives coal to the struggle of being the son of the narwhal who saved christmas to facing the pressure of making the perfect christmas chad takes storytelling to the next level in this encouraging and inspiring book on top of this the forward adds a unique dimension to the book as rita carey shares personal christmas stories and insights giving readers a glimpse of what it was like growing up in the carey household and for those who you wouldn't know from our first interview rita is the sister of jim carey so, of course, it would make for a pretty interesting Christmas story. Rita, I want to welcome you back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? 
I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back, Lisa. This is great. This you is know, amazing. I, yeah, listening to you talk about Chad makes me laugh because when you say psychotherapist, I'm like, no, he's just psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Well, That's why I, we get along. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to ask you, given that he's not here to speak for himself, but I was going to ask you to provide some context to that in terms of your relationship with him being exactly who you are and him being a psychotherapist. How did that collaboration, connection, <laughs> and friendship come to be? I, I need to know that. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> when, I found, I, when I met him, he was not a psychotherapist. Uh, he was a, a youth minister um, way back years ago, and uh, he needed someone to come out and be the MC for a show that he was doing to raise money for, you know, uh, kids. And so I, he asked me, he went on my Facebook, found me and asked me, I'd never met him, if I would come out and be the MC for the evening. And I, you know, I'd like to do that kind of thing if I can. And I thought, this is perfect. So my son and I went out and I was the MC for the night. We did some music as well. He had buskers there and all kinds of people. And it was a fantastic night. And we've just been friends ever since. He was a young man um, trying to make a difference. And I really, really love that. I think everybody, if you are fortunate enough to have a roof over your head and be able to pay your bills, you should give back. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That's how, that's how we met. Beautiful. <laughs> he's, since, he's since been a minister at my one son's wedding. Wow. And, uh, and he probably, and he, oh, honestly, he's fantastic at it. It was the best wedding I've ever been to just because... <laughs> He, I, I, I'm not even joking, but just because he was so personable, he knew everything about them, and he incorporated it into the service. It wasn't the traditional, you take her and whatever. He made it his own, and uh, it was perfect for my family anyway. We, we just loved it. Fantastic. So, anyway. Fantastic. Yeah, so, and then he, he approached me on, you know, I, you should, we should write a book together, and he knows, you know, I'm all about Christmas because I have a, a Christmas store. Yes. And uh, I know how weird is it that Jim Carrey's sister runs a Christmas store. I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely bizarre that uh, the Grinch's sister runs a Christmas store and Scrooge's sister runs a Christmas store. <laughs> I just think, I, I think if my parents who are were Christmas freaks, I called them that, um, are looking down from heaven going, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this, Rita, because I'm always about the backstory. And I think the backstory for most people who I interview here, because, again, people can fast forward, they can glean the success stories, they can look at the accolades, they can look at your last name being what it is synonymous with Jim and what success he's amassed over the years. But I'm really about... You know, let's talk about the humble beginnings. Let's talk about when Christmas perhaps wasn't the most joyous occasion in your house because of what day-to-day -day reality looked like. And in such a way that this is what has exemplified your level of gratitude in the ways that you continue to pay it forward and to be of service. So let's talk a little bit about Once Upon a Time. And I, I also want to say, too, because, you know, you and Jim grew up like literally 10 minutes away from me. I'm in Dundas. You guys grew up, I believe it was in Burlington. Um, so That's let's, right. 
That's right. So let's talk about humble beginnings. Let's talk about the more difficult times, which has really kind of shaped your humanity. Yeah, well, uh, we grew up, um, we started out in Aurora as a little girl. And uh, then when when I was five, we moved to Toronto, Bayview and Cover. But, uh, and, and we lived in an apartment there and things were good. Uh, my dad worked for um, his sister's husband at a company. Um, and then uh, years later, he got let go and they were, uh, he, that devastated him, right? So he got a job in Burlington working for, uh, he was an accountant. So he got a job in Burlington. We moved there, didn't know anybody. Um, I was probably 12. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it, that was difficult, but you know, we all made changes because, Hey, dad's got a job and that's going to pay the bills. And then uh, the company he worked for when I was 15 closed down and we ended up being homeless for a little while. Um, so we lived at, uh, um, Charles Daly park in mm-hmm. St. Catharines, right by mm-hmm. the lake. Mm-hmm. They, we'd been there as, uh, like teenage or younger kids uh, for camping for, you know, the summertime kind of thing. My dad had a Volkswagen camper, so we'd go there. But we didn't know when we went there the last time that was where we were going to live. So I, you know, washed my clothes in the sink that was provided at the campground. We hung our stuff outside. Uh, my mom made my birthday cake in a fry pan over a natural fire. So, you know, you have to appreciate where you are in life, I think, um, to go through that. I look back on it now and think that was one of the best times of my life. Because mm. all we had was each other. Yes. That's yes. all we had. Right. Well, and so we sat around the campfire we told stories. We had, we had, uh, at nighttime, you're going to think this is so weird. We had fights where we would, uh, blindfold each other and run through the, the, the bushes in the dark <laughs> with toothpaste, trying to put it in your eyes. Cause it burned like hell. Trust me. <laughs> um, I don't know why that was the thing. But. And then, uh, you know, we do stuff like one night we tied Jim to his cot because we had packed in our tent. My mom and dad slept in our Volkswagen camper, but there wasn't enough room for everybody. So we were in a tent, and we had cots, like army cots. And we, me and my brother John, Jim could sleep through anything. We would stab him, prick him with, like, needles, and he wouldn't wake up, <laughs> right? I'm not even kidding you. So anyway, we, we, would t- we tied him to the cot and t- took him down a hill and stuck him by the QEW. Oh my God. <laughs> and and my parents got a little ticked off in the morning when all they heard was him yelling. Um, no, nobody stopped. <laughs> wow. I wow. know. I know. Well, We're all a little nuts. Yeah, household. but you know what? Well, you have to be to survive this world. But, you know, let's. Um, you, you said something that I thought was quite pivotal. And, and I want to talk about how that correlates to current times given the pandemic. 
Um, sure. But when you said, you know, looking back on that, that those were some of my best times, some of my best memories. And I, I so appreciate that. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, Rita, because I oftentimes come from the premise of less is more. Right. Oftentimes, yeah. you know, yep. we're, we're, st- we're stuffing our fridges, we're stuffing our shelves, we got all these screens and devices. And the more we're talking about, particularly in a pandemic, about the imperativeness of connecting amidst social distancing and lockdown, a lot of times people are, are more so isolated and disconnecting because we're putting our attention on the wrong things and we're prioritizing the wrong things and so when you come from humble beginnings and when you never forget where it was you in fact came from and you can look upon the brightness within the darkness and you can find the lesson and apply it knowing that there are so many other people carrying all kinds of hardships and burdens and they just want to know that somebody sees them they just want to know that somebody resonates with them and somebody can connect with them so let's talk about in the ways that you can, and I mean, you've birthed this beautiful book with David and you play a pivotal role in that. And you've got the type of attitude where it's like, you know, okay, life, throw it at me, throw it at me. I'll keep coming back. I'll keep prevailing. I'll keep being relentless and I'll be my jovial self. But let's talk about the reality of what's happening right now and the people whose stories you've been impacted by or touched because they right now are facing homelessness or hardship. Uh, they don't know where the next meal is coming from. They don't know what's going to be under the tree for their child at Christmas this year. Let's talk about how that resonates with you. You know what? That is really hard for me because I don't want anybody really to suffer, to go through uh, anything hard. Uh, I, I went through being homeless, which was, to me, like I said, was a thing that was uh, now a good memory in my life. Um, because it brought me and my parents, my family, all really close together. So I understand that. But now um, I'm, I lost a son as well. So I mean, so I've had hardships in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, people think because I'm Jim Carrey's sister that that it will it's all gravy. No, it's not. You mm-hmm. know, life is not gravy. Life has changed, and people need to adapt. And right now. Um, I feel sad and, and sorry for anybody who's struggling. And it, it, it kind of ticks me off that the government turns around and, you know, they want to, um, they send seniors all $300 because I've talked to seniors and some of them didn't need it. Some of them said to me, you know what, I would rather them have sent it. Check out the people that are seniors that need that money that are mm-hmm. really hard done by. And I know with all this going on, that tax is going to go up and some of these people are going to lose their homes. And, and that's all because they're on fixed incomes. They yes. can't afford to go, to have one penny more come out of their pocket. And if I can make a difference to help anybody out that way, I will. Because that's what life's about. Life is not about taking, taking, taking. And that's what we do. Right, mm-hmm. especially children growing up right now, they're handed everything. You got cell phone, you got computers, you've got a, a nice house, you've got all you know five cars in the in the driveway. Like that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Reality is seeing somebody standing on the side of the road with a sign that says "I'm homeless," and most people drive by them because they um, feel like, oh yeah, right, you could get a job. Right. You don't know their circumstance. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they come from. 
I'm sure when we were homeless, people thought that about us. Oh, what a bunch of losers, you know, camping in the, in the middle of winter. Why? Because they don't know our circumstance. I don't know somebody standing on a street corner, their circumstance. If they're standing there and I can help them out by giving them five bucks or, you know, uh, buying them a sandwich or whatever, mm-hmm. I will. Because that's what we should all do. Absolutely. That's how I feel. You know, I just, I just hate the mentality of, oh, well, they deserve what they got. Well, you don't know why they're a drug addict, maybe. You don't know why they're homeless. You don't know why they're an alcoholic. There are circumstances in everybody's life. You don't know if they were beaten as a child. You don't know. So let it go. Just help them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, too, it's a bit of a conundrum because particularly in the pandemic, when you see a lot of things go up and there's there's a lot of people who do wholeheartedly subscribe to this. I know you do and I do where in the pandemic we're talking about we are all one. We are all connected. So when you're talking about people who are altruistic, uh, people who are empaths, people who are light healers, the givers, the people who are continuously looking voluntarily for ways in which they can roll up their sleeves and be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem and perpetuating that problem, you know, you get the people who do what says look and looks good from an optic standpoint Uh, but they are the ones, as you've described, and oftentimes, you know, they're passing those judgments, whether they verbalize them outwardly for other people to hear, um, or it's what they're silently seeking within themselves to the point where they just like, they look at somebody who's got that homeless sign holding up, and they just drive right by them thinking, yeah, whatever, go get a job. So, you know, when we're sitting in current situations, and I think this is the first time, certainly in my lifetime, Rita, where we are all in actually the same boat, right? I mean, everybody's got yeah. their, their different types of uh, fundraisers and charities and things that they subscribe to, either because their family's been impacted by homelessness or domestic violence um, or whatever the case may be. But this is the first time where I think people are more self-actualized and opening up and awakening to the fact, you know what? We're all in the same boat with the pandemic. We all can't travel. We, we, you know, people's businesses are tanking. People are going under. Now we're in the second wave. Things are happening at, you know, collateral calamity levels. And, you know, people are going, okay, well, I can appreciate what you're going through because I too am in that same situation and I might be a little bit more advantaged than what you are. So I'm going to give you, my sister, my brother, collectively, humanity speaking, I'm going to give you a leg up. And this is what we need to start doing. And it's unfortunate that it's taken a pandemic, I think, for people to become more compassionate and to become more empathic and no differently than events like 9-11 historically, where it's a bit of a big kumbaya and, and people, you know, whether they know each other personally, they rally together. But then next thing you know, back Bad news is being replaced by another tragedy or another hurricane or another whatever. And people forget the camaraderie. They forget the camaraderie. And then it's back to, oh, I got to look after my own family, my own kids, my own business, my own situation. So what do you think the the lifelong, hopefully lingering impression of what we currently sit in with the pandemic will restore or reawaken all of humanity. What, what are your hopes for the good things that come out of this, Rita? I, I really hope that uh, we go to some 
and this is going to sound corny, some old-fashioned values where family and friends and neighbors stood together, helped each other, you know, like just take take a loaf of bread over to the next door neighbor because, or a bag of groceries because you know they're hurting. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you can do to help somebody is, is what we need. And that's what we've lost with computers and everything being online and the pandemic and being, uh, you know, socially distanced from everybody. We're losing the ability to care about people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And especially young people growing up there, they'd rather sit in their room, not talk to their family. What happened to going and sitting at a dinner table and having dinner with your children. Mm. What happened to that? Yes. That was growing up. I, every night when we came home from school, my dad came home from work. We sat around the kitchen table and we had dinner. There was no sitting in front of a TV, no computers on, no music on. We talked. Mm -hmm. We learned about each other. I know everything I know about my parents from talking to them around the kitchen table. Lovely. We have some fantastic times, right? But that's what people have forgotten is, is the past. And we need to bring some of that back because it's just horrible out there right now. Like you have children. I, I know I hire teenagers and stuff for the store and, and they have like no work ethic anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just me, me, me. What do I get? Mm. You know, and it's a terrible time. I just think we need to get back to basics and people need to remember where they came from. Life was not always good. We're lucky here in Canada, but I mean, my husband came, his family came from Serbia. There was tons of, you know, fighting. His grandparents got married in a concentration camp. Wow. So, I mean, like their wedding picture is them in greens standing with no smiles, no flowers, no nothing. So people need to know that it could be so much worse. Just help. Just help people. Stop being so selfish that you're just after you. You're just looking after you. No, that's not how it should be. Look after you and the neighbors beside you and the people you come in contact with. Make a difference. That's how I plan on leaving this world whenever I do, which I hope is not for a long time. But I want people to go, wow, she made a difference. That's what I want. Because then my life would have been worth something. Absolutely. Well, and and given what we're talking about and given current times that we sit in, you know, I want to reemphasize, and we talk about this a lot on the show, whether it's, you know, and we talked about this five years ago when I started the show pre-pandemic, you know, vulnerability is a strength. So when you ask for help, do so knowing it's not a weakness. Do so people will only be so happy to know that you're open and receptive in which to receive their help. Because oftentimes people want to be put to work. They want to be put to good use, but they don't necessarily know who needs what. And they don't want to offend people because people tend to be prideful and proud. Um, But you know, this is the time where it is help thy neighbor. It is, you know what, don't wait. If you see someone in distress, if you see someone is struggling, if you see someone could benefit from just a kind gesture of humanity that restores their faith in humanity or lets them know that they're not in it alone, they don't have to struggle in silence, 
then I think it's our due diligence and I think it's our inherent responsibility to take it upon ourselves to look outside of what our own immediate situation is and go, you know what, there is always somebody who has it worse. And rather than put somebody in a position of having to say, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you hear me? Can you, can you listen to me? Can you see me? Take it upon yourself to take the initiative, make that person's life a little a little bit easier and say, you know what, here's the olive branch, because I know this is part of the trickle down effect. I do it to you one day, you're going to be in a position where someone's going to look to you. And so the domino effect continues. So particularly for, for the times that we sit in, please people, listeners, podcast subscribers, I'm asking you when somebody looks or is even vulnerable enough to put themselves out there to say, I need help. Don't idly sit by and wait for them to fall flat on their face. Reach out, connect, do something. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be financially. It doesn't If you don't have money, it, it, it doesn't have to be that. People think, oh, well, you know, I got to give them money. No, you don't. You just have to give them a little kindness, yes. a little touch, a little, like, be in their lives in a little, in a, a small way makes a huge difference. Like this time, especially this time of year, which is like my, for my family was a great time growing up. Even when we were homeless, my mom was always made it special. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I just, I don't understand people that mock and look down on people. I just don't, I just don't get it. And I think it's time they, people grew up and realized, you know, this pandemic could kill everyone. Yeah. And. And, you know, if it hits your family, then you're going to realize I should have done something. No, do something now. Make a difference now. Yes, that's right. Be selfless now. Don't do it when your back's up against the wall and it's your turn and you go, oh, now I can appreciate the other person's circumstances when they said it was their turn for being on the receiving end of needing help. Now I'm the one who's in that situation because, you know, life happens, karma happens. The universe is forever going to send us continual messages and lessons until we learn what we need to learn. When we know better, we do better. But don't wait until the 11th hour to kick it into high gear and don't do it because you have an agenda. Do it because everyone at some point Point is going to come upon their time in life where, you know, they're going to need something. I mean, we all get aged. We're all going to, you know, we're all going to have health issues and complications. We're going to know people who are going to have immediate members of their family pass on. People are going to get disrupted by bankruptcy, businesses going under, things of that nature. So let's not kid ourselves and think that we're going to come out unscathed. Everyone is going to unfortunately come upon a time in their life if they haven't already, and maybe multiple times where it becomes their time of need. So let's continue to extend the olive branch and do what's right, because we are one, we are connected, and it's up to each of us to be part of the solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's just, uh, it's, it's sad that people mm-hmm. don't get it right off the bat. I, I, I don't know why that is, but it's sad. And especially, like you said, this time uh, of year, well, I've already had neighbors. I put a ton of Christmas lights out of my house, outside my house, mm-hmm. because it makes me feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have people drive into our neighborhood and more and more all the time. And one of the neighbors came over yesterday and she's like, 
wow, I, I've seen people coming in our, the neighborhood already. And I said, yeah. And she goes, and I, I hadn't thought about this, but she said, I think it's because of COVID and they need something to feel good. Yes. And hey, absolutely. I love that. I love absolutely. that. So my husband and I this weekend are putting more out. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I want I want to get back to a good focus of what this interview was supposed to be about, which is this wonderful book that you're a part of. I want to give you the opportunity from your perspective to talk about the book and why this might be the perfect gift for people to give each other or to bring into their own home to put under the tree, read to their children, read to their friends, um, because we need more good right now. We need, we need more positive distractions and uplifters. So let's talk about the book and let's talk about where people can purchase a copy of it, Rita. Yeah, well, um, from December 10th to the 14th, you can go on Amazon and download it for free. Lovely. So we want people to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then if they want a copy, because Tad said, I really don't want, want any money for it. I just want to write a book. Uh, and, and I helped him out um, that people can read to their kids and, and feel uplifted, feel good, you know, have a good time, even for, for free. That's lovely. That's basically it. Right. And so the book um, Chad and I sat here in my living room and just called the Happy Squire Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's stories to encourage and inspire. And there's stories in there that say PG, so that's for the parents, you know, <laughs> or maybe older kids. Uh-huh. And then there's stories that say F on the top for family, for younger kids, right? Okay. But there's stories like Susie the Snowflake and the Stressed Woman at Christmas. <laughs> which we, we've, I'm sure we both can relate. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Every, I don't think there's a woman out there who has <laughs> not been stressed at Christmas. Right? You got that so. right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even more so now, because of the whole pandemic and not being able to go exactly where you want to go and ordering things online. And I have a funny story about that. I, I ordered a Grinch online, which I thought was about five feet tall. Okay. And Mm -hmm. it came and it's like maybe a foot and a half. And (laughs) I was going to put it downstairs by my Christmas tree. I have multiple Christmas trees in my home, Um, (laughs) but it's now become the running joke and it it's one of those sticky things you can stick on a fridge or a window or whatever. So my husband stuck it on the fridge as a reminder, always read the description when you're buying something. online. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. Right. Yes. I mean, because a lot of people will be shopping in this online this Christmas and not going in stores. And I, I hope people do do that. I don't want anyone to get sick. I would feel horrible you know, but, um, but that was just a note to self. Okay. Read the description always. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but this book is just, you know, good stories. It's a feel good book about making, you know, different stories about Christmas time. My story that is the forward in the book is about uh, actual, our Christmas growing up in Carrie's. Yes. Um, growing up Carrie. Um, and my mom and dad always made it super special and they always wanted to help Santa so my mom, when we went to bed, would run around with sleigh bells and drive us crazy. We'd come <laughs> running out to the living room, and and she and she have hidden the bells 
because she heard us coming. And then she'd be like, what? And we'd go, well, Santa must be here. We heard bells. And she goes, well, if you heard bells, then you better get to sleep. Right? But we couldn't <laughs> sleep because she was teasing us all night long. Right. right? Um, and Santa, uh, in in our household anyway, my mom said Santa would never wrap presents because Santa's a toy maker. Only relatives wrap presents. So Lovely. Santa would have to you know, put it under the tree, whatever it was. And we were on, we love the Eaton's catalog. I, there's a lot of people that won't remember Eaton's catalog. I but do. I, I love that too. Yeah. Eaton's yes. catalog. The Eaton's catalog, Christmas catalog would come in and my mom would give it to us and say, pick one thing that you want from Santa out of the catalog. So we were allowed one gift, just one. It wasn't yeah. like 20 gifts from Santa. Santa doesn't do that. Santa's too many people all over the world. So we would pick the one thing, and then she would rip the page out and, and mail it to Santa. Oh, lovely. And that's the one thing we would get under the tree. And I remember the one year we wanted, it's when Pepsi first came out and in cans <laughs> and not bottles. And we wanted to put Pepsi out, not milk, for Santa with the cookies. <laughs> and uh, so my mom was like, well, okay, we got to put it in a glass. And we said, no, no, we've got to leave it in the can. She goes, well, Santa's beer will probably get caught in that rough edge. And, you know, we said, nope, it's got to be in the can. Well, in the morning, there was a piece of Santa's beard stuck in the can. <laughs> so Good old mom. that's our candy crisp. And we put it in the, mom said we had to, we put it in a bag and put and marked on it the year and put it in the freezer because Santa came from the North Pole. And if we didn't put it in the freezer, it might disappear. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's what we did. So, right. you know, this book is all about that kind of thing. You know, the magic of Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's a religious thing and I respect that too. And yes, I do believe in God and people, you know, are like, well, their opinion is their opinion. Yeah. Um, but, but I think children should be children as long as they can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. You no, know, the world's, the world's a tough place. And if you can be a child, as long as you can be a, a child, innocent, then let them be, you know, let them have fun. Uh, I, like we have uh, traditions. Uh, if, if my family's all getting together, safer at my house, sometimes my sister's, whatever, or down at Jim's, uh, we, the, at the, all the little kids sleep in one room together and then all the adults sleep in another. Nice. And we'll just bring blow up beds, whatever, sleep on the floor. We have the biggest pajama pillow fights ever <laughs> on Love Christmas it. Eve, right? It's Love so it. much fun. Right. Well, and, and like you're rolling over top of somebody and, <laughs> and hit them in the head with a pillow. And it's just so fantastic. It's like Lovely. being a little child yourself again. Right. And that's well, what the little kids are doing in their bedroom. Yes. Well, you said a couple of things there that are near and dear to my heart, because, again, not to reemphasize and belabor the point about COVID, but it's the big elephant in the room that we're all impacted by. So you, you, you can't dispute its existence. And particularly, again, second wave lockdown, you got Christmas around the corner. People are saying, don't even go shopping, you know, do everything online. 
But, you know, for what kids have gone through, including mine, you know, they went to school, March break, next thing you know, they don't go back until September. We don't know if there's going to be extension of when they go back after Christmas holidays, because this is truly a day-to-day thing. So anything that we can do to preserve the innocence of our children, anything we can do to, you know, unburden them from unfortunately, the ills of our society, the challenges of our society and our world, you know, I think as a parent, that again, is it's our inherent responsibility uh, to do that, you know, don't plague their little minds with all the things that are out of their control, we don't need to exacerbate anxieties or create problems where problems don't exist. And even for us adults, I mean, I talk about this quite often, even uh, in my own books, you know, I have a disclaimer at all this when I started out with my children's books before I moved on to adult nonfiction, my disclaimer at the end of each of my books was things like, you know, reclaim and rediscover your inner child because there's that inner child in all of us that I think sometimes, unfortunately, as a result of getting jaded or pessimistic as an adult, or we, you know, all we think about is paying bills and we get central in the things that suck the spirit out of us you know, we, we bury that inner child and really our inner child is screaming to come back out. Let, let's play, let's get curious, let's discover, let's go on an adventure, let's laugh more, let's make each other laugh more. Let's do things that once upon a time, you know, were silly or innocent or, or fun. And I think people forget that. And yet that, that no matter what you go through as a child, because nobody's childhood is necessarily easy, mine certainly wasn't, but there's things about being a child in itself. It's a preferred state of reality in many respects. And I think it's one that we all deserve to re-embrace and, and to bring back to life again, particularly at Christmas time, no matter what your beliefs are. Yeah, I totally agree. And my growing up, I don't want people to think that my life was like all, all great or whatever. Uh, my mom was, suffered from depression a few times. She signed her into the hospital because she just couldn't deal with it and uh, I just remember when I was young that she would have a bell beside her bed she never got out of bed all day and she would ring it if she needed something Mm -hmm. so I know hardship as far as that goes and and people suffering and depression and and yeah life can be very difficult and but if you can make your put a smile on your face or put a smile on somebody else's face. I think that's one thing that my dad was great for is no one ever knew if he was sad or mad or whatever. He made every day of my life great just by smiling at me and -hmm. just by telling a joke or sitting there with his cigarette, which would be so gross now, uh, (laughs) you know, at the kitchen table. (laughs) And I can tell you a secret. I've never told anybody Jim and I would sit at the kitchen table, and my brother John, the three of us were there, and my dad would sit with his cigarette at, at, at breakfast time. We're getting ready to go to school. He's getting ready to go to work, and he'd sit there. The ashtray would be there, and he'd have his cigarette and his coffee, and we were having our cereal back in the day when that was normal. Yeah. Anyway, we, we thought it was gross, so we pre- made up a game where when he sat down and lit up, we would press the table and pretend a big dome came over us. They covered us from the smoke. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> it wasn't until we were like grown up that we actually told him that. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was that bad. Right. right. And, but 
hey, you're a kid, right? That right. was the game we made up. But um, but I just want people, and that's what this. That's why I did this book, and we're going to do more. Uh, I think we're going to do a Christmas book probably every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be more involved with it next year, and and I'm going to do uh, a couple other books too. Um, one that I wanted to do years ago, and now I'm getting back to it, called A Mother's Letter, and I, it's about parents who've lost children mm. and what you wish you'd always said but never had a chance to. Because I think that's important for people yes. to realize that life can be changed very quickly yes. in an instant. My life changed in a matter of, of my son was coming over to my house and I was sitting there waiting for him to get there and he was usually late. So when he was late, I thought, oh, no big deal at, to a phone call at the police at my front door saying he was never coming there again. So it can happen in an instant. So we just have to learn to enjoy life. And Christmas is about that, really. Mm -hmm. It's about just being with family. And if you can't be with family, I'm not going to be this Christmas. I'm not going to be with any of my family because I choose, and we all choose, to stay apart, right? Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. will be talking to them on the phone or whatever they have if they have FaceTime or whatever. I will be doing it that way. Because I would, I want everybody to be safe and happy. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and it's the selflessness that keeps on giving, right? Because then if we protect each other and keep ourselves safe, then we can hopefully look forward to there being Christmases down the road when we get a control over this pandemic where we can be united. Exactly. We, we can all be sitting around the table together, right? Yes, exactly. You Short. have to look to the future not what's right here, right now. And, yeah. and when I lost my son, a therapist said to me, um, uh, your life will never be the same. And our lives will never be the same after this pandemic. It's going to change everyone. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't make it better. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and where everybody talks about the downside and and the inconvenience and the hardships, and and I'm not here to negate anybody's feelings because I personally have been impacted as well. But I've always been the type of person that errs on the side for nothing in my life ever going according to plan and having to rise above a lot of unforeseen, unfair, unfortunate circumstances where it's like, okay, Lisa, what's the lesson? And how can you take that lesson, incorporate it in a way enrich and impact the lives of other people knowing that we're never all alone whether we can appreciate relate to each person's unique circumstances or not it doesn't matter we're all on the spectrum of emotions as human beings so regardless of the cause of loss we understand loss we understand grief we understand that everything is a healing journey we're all healing no matter and from multiple things and you know so you know it's don't get blinded by your own grief to the point where you become immobilized and you're just shut down and you can't even appreciate this gift, this fragile gift, this fleeting gift we call life. Because I think the fact that we're even here, it's a miracle. We all have opportunities to do something to make our life impactful, to make it meaningful where things like the word legacy can even come into play. Exactly. I mean, life is way too short to worry about the little things <laughs> yeah. for lack of better words, you know, I, I'm, uh, I just want, and that's why I, like I said, I did this book with Chad is because when I met him, I always believed like you that I meet people for a reason. Yes. I'm supposed to teach 
you something and you're supposed to teach me something. Mm-hmm. And it, it, all the people I've met through my life so far, that has been so true. And if it doesn't happen right away, it eventually comes back around. Yes. So don't, don't burn bridges and don't treat people like I, people on the internet. If you had to say the things people say on the internet to someone's face, they'd never say it. Right. And that's horrible. Yeah, well, like, you know, it, everyone, everyone's, got, uh, everyone's got courage behind a keyboard, right? Exactly. <laughs> but stand in front of somebody and say, you know, you're a jerk or whatever you want to say to them. And right. that's a whole different story. Right. That's a difference right now, too. Everyone's so hateful because they can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy. Well, and I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole around, you know, the political culture and what's been taking place in the last four years and then the election and oh, people crazy. conceding, <laughs> not conceding, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's like. You know, and then people getting into wars online about, you know, the the morality of wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask. I mean, uh, you know, you can, I don't know whatever happened to people going, okay, you know what, I just saw something through my feed or somebody made an adverse uh, controversial comment that makes me look like an asshole on my own page or whatever. Or like, yeah. why can't people just scroll past it? Like, you know what I mean? Nobody asked you to be here. Let it go. When, when somebody comes, I have lots of people, you know, contacting me or whatever. And if they say something that offends me, mm-hmm. I block them or delete them because right. they're not important in my life. My family, right. my friends, the people in, in, my, in front of my face are mm-hmm. the most important people in the world to me, as everybody should be, like in their family, friend circle. People online, they're, they're distant people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not your reality it's Mm -hmm. you know hey it's an interesting world but it's also evil too it's not nice Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of not nice people out there right well and it's uh, what I always say and what I subscribe to wholeheartedly it's all about energy right I mean what you put your attention on grows stronger so if you're the type of person who's always going to err on the lesson the gift the opportunity the good energy the love the paying it forward all that kind of stuff law of attraction then you can never lose you can never lose but if you're alternatively the type of person who fixates and gets consumed and goes down the rabbit hole by strictly everything that's predominantly negative and then you turn around and wonder why your life sucks well do the math on that where are you spending your time and attention and really it's, it comes down to choice. Yeah. Right? Oh, it, it certainly does. It really does. You can wallow in hatred or you can wallow in happiness. Which would you rather do? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so the book will be, uh, like I said, December 10th to the 14th. We, on Amazon, download it for free. You know, read it to your kids. Sit by the tree. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, even if you have nothing at least you have a nice story to tell. And what a great way. Like reading is such a lost art now. Too, it is. Right. Sitting with a book and just everybody, when you read, everybody has a different idea of what they've heard or mm-hmm. read. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone. It won't be the same for anybody. It'll be different no matter what. And that's the great thing about reading. And when when we were homeless, my dad would read to us, or or we had uh, uh, what was it uh, uh, a radio station here that had um, 
like the shadow nose and they had all these things on late at night that would um, be programs like storytelling programs on the radio. And we'd sit in the dark and listen mm-hmm. to them. And my like idea of that story was way different than my brother's ideas of the story. Right. Right. Uh, right. Everybody listens and reads differently. Do. And that's the great thing about it. And that's what we wanted, uh, Chad and I wanted to get across was, you know, go back to reading, go back to simplicity. I go on holidays with my sons when they were little. I, I, you were not allowed a cell phone. Not Beautiful. allowed. Beautiful. Not allowed. You mm-hmm. had to leave it at home. If, if something bad happens, we'll deal with it. Like, right. You know, it just, was, I went, I went on a, a houseboat one time with my, um, my niece and her husband and children. Mm-hmm. And he was huge into having his pager. He had his own business, had to have the pager. He was always on his pager. Right. I said, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to come. We'll pay for the trip. You're not allowed to come with a pager. Leave it in the truck. Awesome. So he did. Right. Good. He had the best time. When he got back to the truck, he ran right to it. It got the <laughs> pager. <laughs> Didn't Hilarious. teach him anything, but anyway, we had a great time because people need to communicate. Stop looking at a screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rita, being cognizant of time, I want to give you the opportunity because, you know, although you've clearly, for what you've described, what I know about you and this being our second interview and the research that I, I'm already familiar with about the Carey family, um, you know, you're the walking, talking, breathing example, as most of all my guests are, which is why you're on the show in the first place, for what it means to live fearlessly. But each person, based on their own experience, lens, filter, interpretation, imagination, has their own descriptor for explaining what living fearlessly means to them specifically. So what does living fearlessly mean to you? Living fearlessly to me means... um not being afraid of change in your life, mm-hmm. dealing with whatever comes your way and helping out. If you end up having circumstances in your life that are good for you, then give back. Yes. Because we all, I could have the opportunity to make somebody else fearless, possibly. And Absolutely. That's all we should be doing uh, you know, I mean, if everybody gave one dollar, we'd have a whole lot of money to help a whole lot of people. And that would be incredible. So living fearless for me would be helping anyone I can every time I can and just being able to survive change. <laughs> As you said earlier, you know, we're all getting older. Yeah, we are. <laughs> That's right. The body doesn't handle it that well. <laughs> That's but right. It's all good. You know, it is. It's another stage. It's another change in life. And life is about that. And if you're not willing to accept that, then you'll just be mad your whole life because life is too short. Absolutely. Smile. Be happy. Absolutely. You know, I'd rather and- wake up. I'd rather wake up with a smile and give that to somebody else throughout the day than be grumpy and never talk to anyone. That's right. No, I hear you, sister. I mean, we're speaking the same love language. We really are. And, you know, and I think gratitude is what underscores everything because 
you know, where people might feel downtrodden in current situations or circumstances pertaining to how they're feeling impacted with their life or whatever right now. Well, if you're able-bodied, you know, you're still ahead of the game because one day, you know, as you age, if you're still fortunate enough to be here and you're afforded yet another year, two years, 10 years, whatever the case may be, there's going to come a point where you might not be as mobile. You might not be as independent. You might not be as financially independent. You might not be a lot of things. So if, if if we look at the things that are already intact that we have, amidst whatever other circumstances that make us feel railroaded or whatever, look at what you do have, because there's always something that you can grapple or grasp onto and go, you know what? It could be worse, right? I might not have my faculties on top of, right? I mean, there's always something else that, that stands to be lost. So yeah, definitely. Right. The worst thing for me to lose would be the rest of my family. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, me they're everything yes right my kids my my husband my my nieces and nephews my sister my brother passed away last year my other brother is still here they're everything so you know people just gotta go back to being to be in the 50s (laughs) right (laughs) i i sound like my grandparents you know (laughs) Uh, but 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 we do we need to go back to basics and be humble. Stop being yes. so bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, we got to wrap up here, Rita, but before I, I properly thank you, I would like to give you another opportunity. Where can you personally be reached? If you happen to have Chad's contact information, not to say we're not going to bring him back on here again, we will. Um, but yep. any contact information and again, where people can get the book. Yeah, you can go to Amazon and just Type in, it's the only one that comes up, The Happy Squire Christmas, mm-hmm. and it comes up right away, December 10th to the 14th. It'll be free. If you want to go to Chad's website, that's chaddavid, all one word, dot C-A, uh, and you can get a hold of him if you want to get, like, a, a hard copy of the book, you know, for a gift or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and or you can contact me at uh, com. Or you can go to transit, which is my email, T-R-A-N-Z-I-T underscore R-M at yahoo.com. And we'll help you out. Beautiful. Well, Rita, I want to say once again, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I love talking with people who I synergistically high vibe with, people who I have the same values with and the same appreciation for life, particularly as we're coming upon the holiday season. And uh, you know that you've always got an open standing invitation to come back here because the powerhouse that you are and the great spirit that you are, you're always going to have something else to additionally share with the rest of the world. So you're always welcome back here. I want to thank you for the gift of your time. I want to wish you all my best in staying safe, healthy, and uplifted. Good luck with the book. And uh, we'll bring Chad back on here when it better aligns. But I just want to say thank you. I think you're a spectacular person who, in spite of everything Aww. you've gone through, you're the, you are, you, you are really the walking, talking, breathing example that no matter what life throws at you, it's always a choice how you choose to rise. And you're continuously rising, not just for yourself, but for the collective. So I thank you. 
Okay, Lisa, you're going to make me cry now. <laughs> Tears are Well, allowed. thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to you as well. And to my listening audience, I want to thank you as well for the gift of your time for tuning in to myself and my guest, Rita Carey, today. Uh, I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, when we're joined with yet another phenomenal guest, I want to wish you all my very best. Love and gratitude to you listeners, podcast subscribers, and to you as well, Rita Carey. All my love. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.